Hi, I'm Eric. Um, I know. <laughs> um, I guess you could say the purpose of my small group, which will be in the Granville, Byron Center, Wyoming area, is about a year ago I started coming to Access, and last summer I started meeting with a friend for a lunch every couple weeks, and basically that's kind of where I want to spin my small group is out of that and kind of take it out and invite other people into the same kind of topics we've been talking about. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm an accountant, and for a while I kind of had a weird feeling of what impact am I having on the kingdom of God being an accountant. And you know, we kinda, the first time we met, we talked about that, and I've had a, like a real spin on my purpose in you know, living a life of integrity in all facets of my life, work, you know, relationships with family and friends, and you know, every aspect. So that is kind of where I'm wanting to lead my group is into being men of integrity and, and yeah, so um, having purpose in all aspects of life and just walking a life of, you know, being the same person regardless of where you are and acting the same way. So that's American. That's what I, my plans are. Did you, uh, say, my, did you say when your group is going to be? Uh, planning on tentatively before work, like a breakfast group on Wednesday mornings, but that date is not locked in stone. So if you're interested in that, um, please still sign up and if we can figure out a date and time if we need to. So Nice, the breakfast club. I like it. Uh, I'm Bobby Austin. I'm going to be leading a men's group, um, and it's uh, kind of partnered with a faith and fitness company, so it's believers who are passionate about uh, working out their faith as well as their fitness. And um, we're renting out a gym in Allendale um, Sunday evenings from 7 to 9. So from 7 to 8, we're going to be doing a workout, and then 8 to 9 is the Bible study. Hoping to go further, we're going to try and get it rented longer. Um, but, I mean, <clears throat> one thing I've found out in the past year is just how valuable f fellowship really is and how, how we need each other. And um, my testimony personally, I went through um, divorce, pornography, you know, all these different things that um, I hear a lot of other guys struggling with. So I just want to get guys, godly guys around godly guys who want to do better in life. And um, I was trying to think of a scripture that I could bring forward to... Uh, to, to put up for this, and I was listening to a, a podcast, and he was talking in Nehemiah about Nehemiah was charged, not charged, but um, tasked from God with rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. And these enemies kept coming to the weak points in the wall, and so they came up with a system that they would blow the horn, and wherever you would hear the horn, you would run and defend that position because that's where the enemy's attacking. And it was very applicable with our lives because the enemy will attack where we are weak. And we just want, I just want to get godly guys around each other who can stand in that gap where others may be weak and some of us are stronger in that position so we can stand in the gap for each other, speak life into each other and really hold each other accountable and really iron sharpens iron th through the spirit. So um, yeah, that's going to be in Allendale. Um, again, the time is flexible um, depending on how many people we get signed up from what area that is flexible on time and place. So. Yeah, we're looking for, for, for guys who just want to be kingdom warriors and, and go out and, and rep Christ. So that's what we're going to be about. 
That's awesome, the verse you shared that actually came in my head, <laughs> too. Uh, hi, my name is Melanie. Um, I'm great friends with Leah Gerard. She is the actual uh, small group leader. I'm the co-leader. And we are, I guess, the sister small group of Bobby's. Uh, we'll be holding at the same place. Um, but I'll get, I guess, uh, since Leah can't be here tonight, I'll just share um, just my heart, seeing her, um, how her run has impacted my life. And the outflow of that would be the structure of the small group. But when I uh, came here, I was looking, I was like, God, I just want to run. I have, I have like this idea of who you made me to be, but I just cannot break out of the shell of complacency and fear and comfort. Um, God, show me someone to be comfort. I just need a friend. I need someone to look up to, to run with. Um, little did I know it actually would be running <laughs> with her too. <laughs> exactly, but okay. Uh, but God highlighted uh, Leah to me, and she uh, has a relentless pursuit of God. She is, um, you know, just constantly, like he said, running towards her fear. Um, and her passion for Christ um, is just kind of, um, I don't know, it definitely inspired me, and it kind of was like, man, God, like, I want to be able to conquer my fear like that. Like, I don't want to be afraid. And I was like, Leah, where did it start for you? And She's called to the uh, mission field of fitness. Um, so she uses that as a mission field to reach people. And it's really cool because fitness is, she always describes it as such a tans tangible representation of our faith that we have to strengthen it like a muscle. And we have to be willing to work and face, like he said, face those fears to be able to break through those walls, to have breakthrough in our lives. And so for me, not being you know, crazy into you know, really intense fitness, but always being an active person. I was like, you know, that, that could never be me. Like, David's mighty warrior, like, I could never, but that is such a lie that we are called to, like, sharpen each other and become who we are made to be. And so our small group uh, this year will be, uh, I think, completely focused um, on identity in Christ. And it'll be built out of that, the foundation of our identity in Jesus, which uh, pairs beautifully with everything that uh, Jake has just been talking about this whole year, access to. And uh, we'll be using fitness as a way to tangibly uh, conquer our inner, um, our inner fight in the war that is, that is real. And uh, it's just a way to, to break through into who we're made to be. And it is so completely about um, sisterhood and you know, women's outreach and just really trying to strengthen us in the, the intimacy and the, just the real parts of our hearts. And don't be intimidated if you're not crazy, um, you know, you're not um, a veteran uh, fitness person. It's just a way to um, actively, tangibly act that out as well. So if you're interested in that, feel free to come talk to us after. But yeah, thank That's you. Awesome. Thank you. And just, uh, yeah, you guys can, I don't know if you want to clap for everyone, but you can. Go for it. Sorry. Uh, ours is also uh, from 7 to 9 at the same gym. So. Cool. And then just for the rest of our leaders, um, because we got to speed this along, so you guys only get two seconds. No, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I'm Brittany. Um, this is like my greatest fear, talking in front of people, so um, bear with me. Uh, so I am going to have um, a women's group in Wyoming on Wednesday nights at 7. Um, I started going to Access uh, back in May, and it's just been a huge transformation in my life, just surrounding myself with community and 
um, with people who uh, are just doing life together uh, with the same purpose. And um, that's just, I've always actually wanted to lead a small group. So when Jake asked me to do that, I was really excited about it. Um, so yeah, I'm just uh, really excited to just have that accountability with each other and um, to just grow in Christ together and exude that light um, in our lives as well. I'm Jordan. Uh, I'm going to be having a men's group. I'm thinking on Sundays at 7. That's the date that I have. Um, maybe Wednesdays as well. It really depends on you guys, uh, whatever you choose to do. But it's going to be men's group, and we're going to be focusing on how to find, you know, where, what is your field? Where do you need to be? Where are your skills most applicable that you can really, you know, reach out to people and have an impact on them? Um, and I live like five minutes south from here, so it's just a short jog up the road from here. But thank you. Hi guys, my name is Noah. This is my wife, Danny, and we're going to have a couple small group or married people, engaged people. Not exactly sure on the actual title of couple yet, but it's going to be awesome. We're going to meet at our house, which is just right down the road, either Sunday night or Friday night, every other week um, at 7 o'clock. And then my wife is going to tell us kind of our heart behind it. <laughs> I'll try to keep it quick. Um, so we just, <laughs> we just want to focus on building relationships with people that are maybe in similar life situations as each other, different couples. Um, we just want to focus on encouraging each other, um, uh, getting to know each other's dreams and passions, and maybe identifying like how Christ wants to use each of us individually and then um, more so as a couple together too. Um, just helping each other through whatever you're going through, building each other up and ultimately um, growing in Christ and having fun. Hi, my name is Carolyn and I lead a small group on Sunday nights at seven. It is a women's small group. Um, we're all from different age groups, but we basically do Bible studies and studies into women's issues or um, diving deeper into what us women like to talk about and get to know and get closer to God. We're just finishing up um, Christine Kane's series on Undaunted, and it's been a really mind-boggling series if you haven't looked into it, so you should. I'm Sydney. Um, I'll be leading a small group with, this is Cassidy. She's going to lead it with me. Um, it'll be every other Sunday at 7 o'clock, um, like five minutes from here. Um, basically, our heart for the small group is just to um, find a group where we can be vulnerable and open with each other and grow together, and then also kind of focus on prayer. And um, I think it's we only touched the surface of prayer, a lot of people in their prayer lives, and just growing together and um, learning how powerful prayer can really be and how much it can really change in our lives. That's a ladies group, right? A women's group? Yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, hey, uh, I'm Virgil. This is my friend Deontay. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're a part of the group United. Um, we primarily do outreach on Tuesday nights from 6 to 7, but after that, at 7.30 p.m., we'll be meeting at the International House of Prayer on 72 Ransom, downtown Grand Rapids. That's where our group will be located at. 
And during our small group time, um, primarily we will be growing together um, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, our primary goal with our small group time is just to grow in Christ. And we're gonna do that through uh, Bible study and reflection, praying together, worship, and uh, empowering each other to grow in Christ. So uh, we're looking forward to meeting whoever is interested in this uh, after service, and we'll talk more deeply about it. Great, cool. thank Great. you. Thank you guys. You guys can go and have your seat. <clears throat> So these are our leaders, and like I said, so after service, we're going to go into immediately right after. Uh, normally, we have our prayer team up here. The prayer team is actually going to go over by the prayer walls over there, which kind of makes sense. They're called prayer walls in the prayer. I don't know. Uh, and then all of our leaders will be up here, and you'll be able to come up and, and uh, sign up. For, there's a stand right there that you could clip. Yeah, that works perfect, too. Um, so... Throughout service, uh, I mean, just be asking God, like, hey, like, whose small group jumps out to me, and, and who should I go and pursue and, and talk to uh, on building a relationship in that small group? So they're going to be available there. And uh, that's all I have to say. So where's Jake? He's going to bring a good word. Yeah. Thanks to our small group leaders. We're so excited to uh, start this journey. We really believe that small groups are going to really change our community here in a good way. Um, it's gonna create relationships. Aw, thanks Eric. Not just an accountant, a muscle man. Students in high school bench pressed 350 pounds. No joke. 345. So we're really excited about small groups. Um, I'll, don't worry, I only have a 45-minute message uh, tonight, so I'm just kidding. It's only going to be hopefully like 15 minutes. You guys know me too well. It's not going to be 15 minutes. Amen. Um, but before we get started, um, I just want to pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. God, you're so close. We just ask that, that, that you just have your way in this time together, God, and that you speak to each individual heart right into their situation, right into their being, right into who you created them to be, God. And I pray that, that we understand what it means to be a Christian, what it, we understand what it means to be a Christ follower, you understand how much we're loved. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So, uh, title, title of my message tonight is Living Water. Um, so, I'm, I'm donating plasma. Does anyone else donate plasma? <laughs> so, I donate plasma two times a week. And um, in order to donate plasma, you have to drink a lot of water. So I've literally felt like living water, just like drinking it, and then I'll be in a meeting, and I'll be like, I gotta leave. I have to leave. And they're like, what's going on? No, never mind. I've felt this living water, but we're gonna read out of John chapter four, so if you have your Bibles, um, I just invite you to go there, because this is a very enriching passage. 
out of John 4. And what I, what I really believe is that this passage about the Samaritan woman and Jesus' interaction with her is, is a foundation um, not just for small groups, but for our Christianity. So let's just get into it. We're going to start in verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I want to stop there. We're going to move on in a minute. I want to stop there. So we see this, we see this story, this woman who meets Jesus at a well and, and, and he asks her, can, I, give me, can you give me a drink of water? And, and, and Jesus, and she says, well, I'm a Samaritan woman. If you didn't know, Samaritans and Jews did not get along. It was, it was, a, it was a very uh, tension, or, or there was a lot of tension between these two social groups. And so he shouldn't even have been talking or, or, or conversing with this woman, but he does anyways. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So we see Jesus actually talking in a way that is very spiritual, that's very um, figurative. And this woman continues to respond in a very practical and a very logical way. So he says he'll give her living water and she says, you have nothing to draw with. You don't have a bucket. You have no bucket. How can, how can you get any water? And then Jesus says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I'm going to read one more verse. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. So once again, she responds in a very practical way. She's like, man, I, I, I'm never going to get thirsty. They live in the desert. So I'm never going to get thirsty again? Yeah, Jesus, give me some of this water, this, this holy water, this special water. Whatever kind of water it is you're talking about, I want some of it because it'd be really nice to not have to keep walking over to this well and, and pulling the water out and carrying it back to all the people. It'd be really nice if we just had this water that made us never thirsty again. She's really thinking tangible here. But Jesus is not talking about actual water. He's talking about this thing called living water. And I want to focus in on verse 14, if you can put that up. Indeed, the water I give them 
will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. In the verse earlier, it says, if you knew the gift of God. You see, God is trying to give her something. But her inability to understand doesn't allow her to receive the gift that he's trying to give to her. Verse 13, or 14, sorry. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, does not want to give you things in order just for your benefit. The reason God gives us mercy, love, Holy Spirit, grace, truth, the reason why he gives us these things is so that we will become them. He doesn't give us mercy so we can take advantage of it. He gives us mercy so that we can become mercy. He doesn't give us Holy Spirit just because it's a nice prize. He gives us Holy Spirit so we can become one with Holy Spirit. We're going to jump to to John 6 because it kind of explains this a little bit. It's actually John 7, sorry. John 7, verse 37 says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, verse 39, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So this river of living water that Jesus is offering this woman is Holy Spirit. It's eternal life. It's, it's oneness relationship with Jesus Christ. It's forgiveness of her past in relationship with him for eternity. That's what he's offering her in John chapter 4. But he doesn't just want to give her this, this, this well of living water. He doesn't want to give her the water. He doesn't, just doesn't want to give you Holy Spirit. He just doesn't want to give it to you. He wants, it to, he wants you to become. Because the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. But how come sometimes... How come sometimes we don't, how come sometimes we feel dry? How come sometimes we don't feel like we're filled? He says we'll never be thirsty. He says we'll never be hungry. But how come sometimes we feel empty inside and we don't feel full? Because this is what Jesus says. This is red letters. This is, this is God's word. It says this Holy Spirit, this water that I give will become in them river of living water, a spring of water that's bubbling, that's bubbling, that's bubbling up, that we can't hold it back. And we, and we continue to read in John chapter 4. Jesus goes on to ask her about her husband, and then she says, I have five husbands, and, and, the, and the man that I'm living with is not my husband, and she's just like, oh my gosh, and then she says, there's a Messiah that's coming, or 
There's a Messiah that's coming, then Jesus says, I am the Messiah, and this woman believes. She believes that Jesus is the Messiah, and she believes, and, and the reality is that Jesus did not condemn her because of her sin. He accepted her even though she was divorced five times living with a man who was not her husband. And Jesus is painting a beautiful picture that says, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've been doing, no matter what you've done, life becomes new when I come into the picture. Life becomes new when Jesus comes in and gives you Holy Spirit, the living water, the spring. And we keep continue reading, and, and the disciples show up, and they don't dare ask Jesus anything because they, they've seen people who ask Jesus questions, and he makes them look silly. So they're like, we're just not going to ask you anything. We're just going to let it go. So th verse 31, verse 4. Or chapter 4, verse 31. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Verse 33. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. So we have this, we have this picture. We have, this, we have these two elements in the John chapter 4 of Jesus satisfying our thirst, and then Jesus saying, my food is to do the will of the Father. I'm going to go to John 6, verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. Jesus later, on, later goes on to say, eat my, eat my flesh and drink my blood. That, that, that'll shake you up, wouldn't it? <laughs> he says that in, in, in John chapter 6. Very truly I tell you, unless you eat, my, eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And right after that, all of his disciples leave besides the twelve. What if I came up here and said, eat my flesh and drink my blood? I'm sure he didn't say it like that. But I think he's saying something in verse 35. Whoever comes to me will never go hun hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I, I hear this term in, 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 in Christian circles a lot, and, and if you don't come to church all that often and you haven't heard it, don't worry about it. And I'm not condemning, I don't want to heap all this judgment on you, but I do want to question the heart behind it. I hear people come to church and they say, that's where I get fed. I go to church in order to be fed. Or I'm dry and I come to church in order to be filled. John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So why is it? 
Why is it that we can feel so empty sometimes? Why is it that we feel that, that we're empty when we have the well, when we have the spring that's living inside of us? And, 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 and how can we shift that perspective to where we are actually being fed by Holy Spirit on a constant basis instead of fasting a whole week and coming for a, a feast at church? I think he, he's showing us something, and I want to I jump to Romans, Romans 8. <laughs> and I think this is where this is where the shift, this is where the, the perspective changes for us. And this is where it's going to change for us tonight, that we're going to start shifting our perspective from one thing to another, and it's going to change the actual condition of our spirit to where we no longer feel empty, but we're going to feel full. We're going to feel full in the morning, full in the evening, full when we go to bed. And I'm not going to say there's, there might be times that you, that you have things going on. There might be times, but we have to know how to get filled. So Romans 8, verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can, uh, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, if indeed the, the well, the spring of living water lives in you, if indeed it lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. I'm going to jump to verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So this is what happens. The Spirit is a spring of living water. He is and he's come to make his home inside of you, but we have a choice. We have a choice to either live by the spirit or to live by the flesh. We have a choice every morning to wake up and say, am I going to indulge myself in my desires, in me, in what I want, in what I feel, or am I going to submit myself to the lordship of Jesus Christ, follow in the spirit, live by the spirit, read the word through the spirit, and then live through life. Because if we live through the Spirit, it is life and peace. If we live through the well, the well will spring up in us and we will never be thirsty again. If we eat, he says, eat my flesh. He is the word made flesh. If we eat his flesh, if we read this and start conforming our minds to what his word says, it says we'll never be hungry again, but we have a choice. It says in Colossians, it says how we can either, we have, we can take off our old man and we can put on our new man. 
Every day we have an opportunity, we have a privilege, we have a choice to either walk in what we used to live in, which is the flesh, which is our old man. We have a choice to live through him who is dead, or we have a choice to live through our new man, the new creature, the one who Christ sees to put him on every morning. But in Colossians 1, it says, put him on. It's an action verb. You cannot accidentally put on your new man. And when we, once we start doing that, what we'll start to realize is that we are actually going to be start living in this place till we are, we are full. We're not thirsty anymore. And we come to church and we have a bunch of people who are full and then we all just overflow. That's exciting to me to think, to know that people are coming who are full. Not that if you, if you don't feel full, I don't want to condemn you. I don't want to make you feel like you're a terrible person. I am encouraging you though, to start living like it says in Romans 8, to put your mind on the spirit. And what does that mean to put your mind on the spirit? That's a question that I, that I just can't answer for you. But it's a question that we can all take, take to the word of God. It's the question that we can take to God. Say, what does it look like for me to walk by the Spirit? Because once we do that, we'll realize that we're not doing things for God, but we're doing it from him. We're doing it from God. We're living from that place to where that living water. We're living from that place that's full of life. We're not pulling from a dry place. Holy Spirit wants to lead us in that. Here's, here's how it relates to community. Here's how it relates to, to relationships. Here's how it relates to the foundations of the Christian walk. Is If you're not full, you'll always pull from other people's reservoirs to try to fill you up. If you're not full, you'll pull from other people in order to satisfy the need that you have. But Jesus is saying, I can satisfy you, with, I can satisfy you forever if you'll just let me. He says he wants to give it to you. Not just to give it so that you can become it. You can become it. We can become it. It's an invitation. But in order to become it, we have to receive it. Will you bow your heads with me? I want to ask if anyone, if anyone's, if anyone is here who, who would say, you know, I feel, I feel dry. I feel empty, I feel hungry, I feel thirsty, I feel dissatisfied, unsatisfied. I, I feel that, that God is, is far away and I came here hoping that I would find something. Um, if that's you, I'm here to tell you that God desires to fill you up. Not just temporarily, but eternally.
Holy Spirit, I ask that you comfort and teach and fill every person in this room to the brim, God. God, we recognize the living water that's inside of us and we receive it. God wants to give it to all of us, but you, but you individually have to receive it. So if you need to, if you need to, to say that, to think that, I, I want to in, invite you to do that, just to say, God, I receive, I receive it. I receive the living water, the Holy Spirit that, that satisfies me. just made it possible for us to have a relationship back with God. In order for this woman in John chapter 4, in order for her to receive spring, in order for her to receive this living water, she had, she had to receive Jesus. She had to believe in Jesus. She had to recognize the fact that he was the Messiah. She had to recognize the fact that what she was doing when she was living in her old way, it was wrong, and that he had come and he was going to save them. If, if you're here and, and you don't know God, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to do that tonight because the reality is, what has your life ever done for you? What has living your life to please yourself ever done for you? The reality is you were never created for yourself. In Genesis chapter one, God, he, he says that man was made in the image of God. We were made in his image. We were made for him. We were made for God. We were never made for ourselves. When Adam sinned, we got disconnected from God and we got connected to ourselves where we had to do everything from ourselves and it's a hopeless place that's leading to death. And as long as we hold on to our lives, It doesn't allow Jesus to save us from our lives. Because in Romans it says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
And in Matthew 10, it says, if you want to find your life, you must lose your life. If you're here and, you, and you've never surrendered, if you never said, Jesus, I want to follow you, I want to, I want to, I, God, you've never admitted, God, I've sinned and I want to follow you because Jesus, you've paid for my sins, you've, you've, you've made me the person that you've created me to be, not for myself, but for your purpose. If you've never done that, I want to invite you with everyone's heads bowed, eyes, heads bowed and eyes closed. On the count of three, if you just raise your hands, one, two, three. Awesome. I just want to pray to close then. Dear God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Holy Spirit who is so amazing, who's so life-giving, who, who is communicating to us your nature and your love. And I pray for everyone here that we would realize and understand and know the fact that Holy Spirit goes with us, that Holy Spirit is life-giving and help us to live according to the Spirit, live with our minds set on the Spirit, not on the flesh. We just love you, God, and we pray for our week. We pray for our, for our year of 2017, that it would be the best year ever, that it would be the most life-giving year ever, that, that we would be focused on your kingdom and in, in your will. In Jesus' name, amen.